Welcome to Troubleshooting Agile, a regular problem-solving session for Agile teams. Welcome back to Troubleshooting Agile. So, Jeffrey, what are we covering today? Uh, Today we're going to be talking about uh, the Agile Principles again, and today it's Agile Principle number four, which is business people and developers must work together daily throughout the project. Funny part about this when we were reviewing the principles, you had an observation that this one's different from the rest. It is. It's the only one that uses the word must. So if you go back through all of them, a lot of them are commands, uh, deliver frequently or uh, something like that. There's some notion of a command to the team, and it's typically a command to the development team to do something. And some of the others say, we believe it's very important to do this, or we think that business value should be the main driver. But this is the only one that says you must do this. And I don't know whether that was intentional or not, but I just thought it was an interesting observation that it's so important that you're uh, apparently not going to have a successful project unless you have business people and developers working together. Well, I think this is probably reflects the, uh, the the time this was being done and, and the context that this is sort of a reaction to the uh, um, big documentation heavy process of the 90s. Yep. Uh, so where where the idea was, we, we won't need to actually uh, have business people and developers talk to each other. The business people will write everything down in comprehensive requirements documents. And maybe there's a handoff up front, but after that, n- never the twain shall meet. And the notion of flexible requirements, welcoming late ones and so on, all of these were quite new, hence the principles to give the opposite view to be a contrarian. So, you know, the the idea of having business people uh, available to the development team as an ongoing feature uh, was was not something that was common. I think that's where maybe why this is phrased so differently. And and the thing that we should remember is quite what business people meant back then. So we have a whole notion of B to C and we have Facebook and Google and other folks, some of those didn't exist, and those that did exist were quite small. So the notion that your business people might be retail folks, might be uh, you and me out and as ordinary users, was in its infancy. That was kind of a new idea. Most folks were working in much more traditional IT-type environment where they're selling to other businesses or providing something internally. And so th- that's right. And so the business people, I think that they had in mind, uh, a, a, in a good number of cases, we know from the early cases that were being described, were often actual users of the internal IT systems. So when they're talking about business people, they're saying uh, a lot of times it's the actual users who will be using it, uh, make them part of, of the project and, and, and make them available to the development team regularly. It's very different from today where we have this different uh, disciplines of uh, product management or uh, various kinds of designers, uh, interaction designers or user experience designers uh, who now act as customer proxies. I remember my very first project in the UK, which was a water billing system, and it was to be used in the call center where people would phone up and say, Uh, I want to pay my water bill or whatever. And we got actual people who were answering the phone calls one day and were sitting in our office the next day working with us on designing that software. So that's the the notion that I think is behind this principle. That's the environment that they were working in when they wrote it, the Agile Manifesto authors. These are people who are within your business who are 
going to be the experts and we're going to bring them in and they're going to sit with you. And if you're selling to another business, we're going to bring people from that business and they're going to come work with you. And so um, how, do, how do people challenge, do that today? What's, what's, the, what's the modern equivalent if, of, of having business people available? Uh, you know, what's, the, what's the test to know that you have the right business people uh, available to your development team? As we were saying before, I'm, I'm still an advocate of bringing in the actual users wherever you can. I remember a client of mine who uh, would do Skype calls with those actual users, have them use the software. They would either show the video to the developers or have the developers come into the call and observe. And that gave them that interaction with actual, in this case, uh, external users at small businesses who were not really able to come into the office, but who were able to interact and really close to daily, as this principle says. Now, it's, you say daily, because one thing I think people will hear this say, I, this doesn't seem practical. I, we don't have anyone who can go and sit with the development team all day, every day. So that's just, that's just not going to be a non-starter for us. Or our users are far away in some other location or even a different time zone. Uh, we, we can't get them to interact with us all day, every day. And so, of course, the solution to that is not, not to assume that you need to have them together all day, every day, but that it's perfectly fine to have them interact at least once a day or to interact, as in my case that I was describing before, over video or over Skype or over some other mechanism that nobody even dreamed of in 2000. <laughs> that's right. And that, and that's not to say that you that this always has to be used. I think you can have uh, customers and customer proxies, but it is important to always have business people available daily. So even if you don't have user interviews every day, but, but why is that? I think it comes down to the question of what is it that business people can do that developers can't. And I think there's, there's two major factors uh, that I see about the, that drive the need for daily interaction. And the, the first one is that the the developer or the business people can provide real feedback on the system and uh, answer questions that may have come up that otherwise would have been blockers for the team. I think that's the the first one. And uh, the second power that business people have that developers don't on their own is make a decision to change what they're doing. And uh, that I think is one of the the key ideas behind Agile, which is we're looking for opportunities to to change direction. To, to take on new learning. And so these two things together, the, the feedback and answering questions are opportunities for learning. And then the making decisions to change directions is where you then put that to use. Indeed. And as in principle too, we're looking for changing requirements. We're welcoming them. We're trying to create the opportunity for things to change so that we can do better. And having business people involved gives us the opportunity to do that. I think when 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 people hear about these these benefits, um, the, the the idea that shorter time to feedback, uh, that faster learning seems obvious. I mean, I think uh, everyone will understand the idea that uh, if if you have people who are waiting even an hour a day to get their questions answered, well, then they're losing twelve and a half percent of their of their working day. And if you have to wait a whole day, well, you've lost twenty percent of your week. So that I think the the, the maths are, are kind of very obvious to people, and it makes such a huge difference to the developers to to be able to stay in flow and uh, get things done quickly. That I think it's even though it's easy to understand intellectually, it's it's hard if you've never had the experience to to know what it feels like viscerally. I, I was lucky enough when I was at Agitar that uh, we were doing developer tools, and our CTO could act as our internal customer for our dashboard. 
and it was perfectly fitting because we were aiming for people like him at other companies. And this is the advantage of eating your own dog food. We could go to him uh, every day or even multiple times a day to say, here, what do you think about this? How does this look? And that was just a, a, a very powerful uh, experience and one that uh, I think if everyone, more people have had had it, they would understand the value of it. Uh, and then that, that product was very successful for us. The dashboard became a central part of what we did for our sales process. Beautiful. Great story. How did that work? Because he was a, a proxy. So this is an example of, and we often have these, as you were saying before, these proxies that we've introduced as roles. These didn't exist in 2000 when the manifesto was being written, but now we have interaction designers, UX designers, product managers. Your CTO there is acting as a particularly knowledgeable proxy. How did that work out for the success of the project? Did you find there were challenges? What? How did that work? Well, I think he was more than a proxy because he he actually did have a development team that actually was doing testing and he really did want to track the progress. Oh, I didn't know that. So he was, uh, uh, because it was a development tool, you have the advantage that internally you you are a customer. And that's one of the one of the very fun things about working on developer tools, especially in this case. So um, he was- he, Easier to eat your own dog food. Exactly. That's right. So he he was a proxy. That's true because he, he didn't go out and talk to other clients and- Many of many of our customers were in, in a different context. They weren't in small startups. They were in large uh, enterprises, and, and in that sense, they did have different challenges. But uh, he had prior experience in larger organizations. He'd been at Sun and at Google, and so in addition to being a proxy, he could also bring his own experience in. But we did actually have the benefit of of our own daily use. And as I was saying before, I think that's the. The, the gold standard, if you can get to that, that's fantastic. I think some of our listeners might be in the situation where for whatever technical reason or physical reason, they may not be able to work with anybody but a proxy. And I think then that, that proxy's job is a really hard one. I've watched lots of product managers working very, very hard to um, play that back and forth role. They're running to the clients and running back again. The, my example from before of getting people on Skype and inviting the developers in to, to watch the video afterwards is uh, an example of that. They were going to great lengths to get people on other continents to give feedback about the software as it was being delivered frequently. And that daily interaction was extremely helpful for guiding the developers. But it's a, it's a very hard job. I have a lot of empathy for folks who do that. <laughs> well, I think that that's it sounds like you were actually dealing with some really exceptional people who were, were, were working very hard to make sure that the uh, developers had access to real users. Th I think th there still are some challenges uh, in on this on a, on a lower bar of even having the customer proxies available daily. Absolutely, I think that's something that we're in, in a lot of environments uh, that's not seen as a requirement. The feelings like, well, we we've, we've already done our planning session. Uh, we're going to have a, a a retrospective at the end of the week, isn't that good enough? Well, I, I had one client where a product manager was telling me, you know, I should only talk to the scrum master. The way that you really should do it is that I only talk to the scrum master. I, as the proxy for customers, should uh, interact at the planning session and at the retrospective and nowhere else. I uh, rapidly encouraged him to think differently about that. And certainly if we look at this, this is the advantage of the principle that's laid out here and said, well, this is very much in... in contradiction of the principle. So you, you can accept that there may need to be proxies, but it sounds like he was hoping to have a proxy for his proxy. <laughs> Indeed. Well, he just wanted very limited contact between himself as the proxy and the development team, 
which was uh, not very not working out very well. <laughs> right, which for, which w- would make sense given the reasons we just described here as far as time to feedback. But there is an, another element to this. It's not just time. Uh, it's not just timeliness. There's something else uh, about the impact of the overall innovation uh, of, of the team. And uh, I, I know that you have a, a, a good story about this, uh, where having the, the users allowed the team to be more uh, innovative. Sure. This goes back to the call center example I was describing before. So we got our development team together and we invited these wonderful folks from the call center to come over. They didn't quite know what to do with us or what they would be doing. They were, they were used to answering the phone, but they were very informative and they were able to answer all our questions very quickly to walk literally over to their desks and say, what do you do in the call center? And one time we went over to them and said, gosh, we've got these really strange pieces of data in the in the system. It was this ancient thing running on a mainframe. So it was very, very old and very inflexible. And we said, there's all these weird characters in this field, and we don't know what they're there for, mostly asterisks. And they said, oh, yeah, we forgot to tell you about that. That's the asterisk code. And it turned out that they had a special code they had developed that they put into this field, this extra piece of uh, data that they didn't use for other things. And that if you had one asterisk, it meant one thing and two asterisks meant something else and three asterisks meant you were a really annoying customer or something else like that. So they had a whole code that they used and they trained people when they first came to use this special code. And uh, it was very helpful for us to have them there to explain this to us so we could actually give them meaningful pieces of data and they didn't have to train people in the special secret code. I, I think this is a great story because it talks about how you, you discovered something about how these people worked, about what their needs were that hadn't been captured by the requirements process. Yep. And they had just assumed they would keep putting in the asterisks uh, in the new system. Right. And so and this is great. So you, you, you bring people who are doing the work, you bring people who have the, the technical capability and uh, you've could uh, uh, once you understood their situation and the problem, what they're trying to do, you could uh, generate new solutions that you you couldn't have done without uh, knowing what their story was, and they couldn't have proposed because they just hadn't considered what might be possible. Exactly, and that daily interaction was super important for building the trust that allowed us to do that, and then actually uh, engaging in it, checking we'd done it correctly. So, so it seems like really uh, this idea of, of daily contact with business people, it's really only important if you carry about either being fast or about be, uh, coming up with a new innovation. Uh, if you don't care about those, then uh, it sounds like daily uh, contact between the business and developers are less important. Indeed. Um, <laughs> building the wrong software slowly. Uh, if, that's your, if that's your slogan, you, it might work out well. Um, I hope our sarcasm is coming through to... Well, we're laughing, but we did just run a, a poll following our, our previous podcast. Uh, so we, we had we had gone out and uh, our previous podcast on, on principle number three uh, was about talking about frequent delivery. And you had the observation here that, well, frequent delivery is really much more important if you have users waiting around to, to see <laughs> what you're doing. Isn't that right? Exactly. Conversely, if you don't have business people involved, or if you do have them involved and you don't have frequent delivery, then there'll be nothing for them to do. There'll be nothing for them to react to. The fact that we were delivering the software, in our case, it was migrating this data, allowed us in that call center example to say, hey, what are these asterisks about? If we hadn't been doing that, we wouldn't have prompted that question. And if we look at the results for a poll, we ask people, so what are the obstacles for your organization to delivering working software frequently? And we offered... Uh, four choices here. Either the the tech team aren't offering to do it or don't know how. Uh, The customers 
uh, in this case, we're talking about business people, don't know it's possible or how to use it if offered, uh, both of those or, or neither. And uh, unfortunately, 60% of our listeners came back and said for, in their situation, it was both. The tech team didn't know how to do it and the customers didn't know how to how to do it, uh, even if it was offered, what, what, what to do with the frequent delivery. So hopefully this week, we're giving people a little bit more of an idea of what you do with it, which is to have your users available. Again, only if you care about building the right things uh, quickly. So we could certainly encourage our listeners to go to their customers who don't know it's possible, explain that it is possible, and explain that if they were involved, they would get benefit from it. And That's right. I mean, let's figure this out together about uh, working together daily and how to make it useful, how to make sure there is something to get uh, a regular feedback on. And uh, that idea of working together, uh, I, I think you, you, you pointed out that this is uh, really leads to one of our favorite principles of, of joint design. Absolutely. So if, if the people, the, the kind of fundamental principle that, that keeps coming up again and again for us, it's not an agile principle from the manifesto, but is the notion that if you actually involve people in making the decision, not necessarily that everyone has to agree in everything that you do, but if you involve people in that decision, then you're likely to get internal commitment from them. And so involving the business people uh, or their proxies every single day, as this principle suggests we should, is a method of implementing that joint design. So they're involved, they're participating, they're seeing what we're doing. They're saying, yes, we don't want to do asterisks anymore. What we'd really like to do is meaningful data. And because they're part of that, they're more likely to be internal advocates and to be committed to that solution once it's actually uh, deployed. And we, I've seen that over and over again. Once you bring people into the process, they're much more willing to take it on. And I think for the developers too, there's there's they're much more motivated to do the work when they understand the context it'll be used. When they and especially if in the case you described where you actually can put a, a face to the name and you know the people who will be uh, and what they're trying to accomplish, that's much more motivating when you're developing the software to when you really internalize the story. So this idea of of a, a much more internal commitment, I think, uh, is is applies equally to both the uh, business people as well as the developers. Absolutely. And that leads us so naturally on to what's going to be in next week's podcast, which is principle number five for motivated individuals. So if you get people motivated successfully, then uh, you're able to trust them more and get more efficient results. We'll be talking about that next time. All right. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Excellent. So folks, have a look at uh, troubleshootingagile.com if you'd like to get in touch with us. If you missed the poll and want to comment on delivering frequently, if you have challenges with getting your business people involved or explaining to them why that might be helpful or even identifying who they are, we'd sure love to hear from you. There's a place to, to write to us there. And we look forward to uh, talking to you next week about motivated individuals. Thanks, Jeffrey. Thanks, Will. Well.